Hey everybody, it's Myson Jones, and in this quick podcast episode, I'm going to tell you 10 lessons that I'm learning after quitting my job. I'm about a month into it, and for you people who are super busy, one of the lessons is plan B assumes plan A won't work. I was told that by a basketball trainer who was homeless with a kid, and now he's within two, three years, he's one of the most popular basketball trainers in the nation, in the world. And I took that advice and that's just one of the nuggets, one of the 10 nuggets that I wanted to share with you. So hopefully that's enough bait for you to listen five more minutes and hope you enjoy the show. What's up, podcast listener? If you're sitting at your desk or riding in your car, know that today you're joining a family of basketball professionals who are trying to change other people's lives through the game that changed theirs. This podcast is going to take you along the journey of basketball entrepreneurs and how they make a living from the game that they love. If I say anything, anything that gives you value in this episode, please go to iTunes and leave me a top five, top five, top five review. And now let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. So I want to make this a quick episode because I had to choose between eating and recording this podcast and I am hungry. So getting right into it. Well, first, just a brief background of me. Graduated from college 2015, student athlete, played basketball, worked in corporate for about two years, was a sales rep and realized 10 lessons that led me to quit my job about a month ago. And those 10 lessons are as follows. The first one, I realize a career was not the best long-term investment for me, mainly because I was working my butt off, but didn't have any ownership over any kind of asset. And I wanted to be rich, you know, not rich in terms of monetary, not money rich, but rich in terms of Tim Ferriss's new definition of it, new rich, meaning you have control of your time, mobility, and your freedom. You can do what you want to do with who you want to do it, when and where you want to do it. And, you know, I realized that the safety net, the security that a lot of people talked about was kind of a false narrative compared to what I previously thought. Heard Dave Ramsey say, you're only as stable as your ability to drag it home. So if some when people get fired, you know it's a it's a panic, but you know, if you know how to drag it home, if you know how to go make money, go get income, then who's really the safest person out there? So that kind of coerced me to to leave my leave my job. And another thing that coerced me to do that was a trainer named Tim Martin. I mean, the guy was homeless with his kid. And, you know, two years later, he's the most, one of the most popular basketball trainers in the industry, in the nation, in the world. And he said, plan B assumes plan A won't work. And I thought about it. Like, this guy's a really smart guy. Tim reads Think and Grow Rich. He reads a lot of philosophical stuff. And it makes sense. I'm the type of guy that needs to go all in with something. I can't, you know, dibble dabble and, and be 100% in two things at the same time, you know? So that kind of led into that decision too. Second thing that I'm learning is, you know, Monday mornings are cool now. (laughs) Not that I dreaded them beforehand, but Sunday, you know, like, oh man, I got to wake up and go to work the next day. And it's always, thank God it's Friday. I don't thank God it's Friday thing anymore. I do thank God it's every day, right? And it's cheesy, but it's true. Sundays are just different, not having to walk into an office and get ready and get dressed and knowing your weekend is going to be cut short. The third lesson that I'm I'm learning is I'm working 10 times harder than I worked when I had a job. I thought I would be doing this whole location independent thing and chilling and having a lot more time to read and folk and do all this kind of stuff. And it's just not the case. I'm working way harder than I ever did than when I had a job. But, you know, it's really, it's work, but it's it's something that I enjoy doing. It's something that I'm passionate about. And one thing that 
I came to realize in terms of sales is you can sell something that you're not passionate about, but it's so much easier to sell something that you have expertise in already and that you actually give a give a crap about, you actually care about. I'm sorry, give a C rap about. That helped me to just, you know, make that leap and to start well to bootstrap Hoops Institute with my partner. And uh we can talk about Hoops Institute on another podcast, but that's the third point. So the first couple, career, not the best long-term investment for me. Second one, Monday mornings are cool. Third one, I work 10 times harder than when I had a job. Fourth point is I think I'll make more money. I'm realizing I'll make more money than when I did when I was in corporate. And in sales, they always hit you with, you know, you have unlimited potential. There's no cap. There's no ceiling. Well, that's not really the case. I mean, your compensation package, your commission structure can change any day with sales and you don't know how much cost goes into the how much goes into the expenses, how much goes into all these other outside factors, but you only take a certain percentage of that sale and your income really is capped at a certain point. But when you control everything, you have equity and everything, then I would consider that to be less of a ceiling than having a corporate job that tells you the same thing. Fifth point, I do I realize that not all income is created the same, kind of similar to the first point. You know, I realized that my entrepreneurial income is worth two to three times more than job income. So if I make, what's the math? Math's hard. If I make $40,000 a year as an entrepreneur, that's equal to $80,000 for me at a job because I value the time, the mobility, and the freedom that whole entrepreneurial thing is giving me right now. And, you know, if you work, you make $80,000 a year at a job, but you're working 80 hours a week doing something you don't like, you know, is it worth it if you're versus working, you know, 40 hours a week, but you're making $40,000 or you're making $50,000? You know, there's a difference between absolute income. I'm making this much per year and relative income. I'm making this much per hour because of the value that I create. And something I'm learning now and working towards is having a higher relative income. Sixth thing I'm learning is uh, limiting beliefs go away quicker. So one limiting belief, an example of that for people who don't know what that is, I have, in my opinion, I have a big head. So it's like, I don't, it's, it's dumb as it sounds. My big head doesn't like to always be in front of the camera. Even though I have chops, I can communicate well, I have a gift of gab, but that's just a small limiting belief, Right. Another limiting belief is I didn't want to be rich at one point because I thought rich people were snobby and arrogant and crude, right? But that's not the case. So I realized like that fear of the camera, you know, it goes away quickly when you don't have any other option but to get in front of the camera, but to talk to people, but to learn how to market and get over those fears that crippled you while you had a safety net. Seventh thing that I'm learning is I make less, less excuses. So when somebody lies to me now or somebody tells me they're going to do something but don't do it, it weighs on me 10 times as much as it did when I had a job because I had a safety net. Now, not to say I rely on people. Uh, the whole point of believing my job was so I didn't have to rely on people as much. I knew how to be self-dependent if I needed to be. But I see the impact and I see the importance of the cliche, you know, keep your word. You know, I got tired of hearing that, but I see how important that is and how important it is to under-promise and over-deliver with certain things. So I make less excuses. I make more adjustments. 
and I try to be impeccable with my word and try to always under promise and definitely over deliver on value and, and serving people. Uh, the eighth thing, it might be my favorite point here is prospecting in terms of sales and, and getting getting paid and getting income. Prospecting is balanced. Balanced meaning, you know, I know all these, part of the reason I quit my job was because for Hoops Institute, which, you know, I help basketball trainers grow their business through marketing on social media, marketing funnels, grow sales, whatever they need to market themselves and brand themselves. I help them with that. And I quit my job because, you know, some of these guys were wondering, okay, how are you giving me advice on this, but you haven't started your own business? What makes you qualified? So, you know, they no one ever told me that. No one ever said that to me. But I believe so much in the marketing that we teach at Hoops Institute that I say, you know what, I'm going to do this for myself and I'm going to build credibility and show people, document the process that I'm doing starting from scratch. No gym, no clients, no nothing. And using the marketing tactics that we teach and grow the business. So we definitely have more credibility when we do start talking to other trainers. Plus, it helps to have a better product and to just relate and empathize with basketball trainers even more. But the point what I'm learning is prospecting should be balanced. So it's like with investing. I don't think Warren Buffett always invests in one thing, right? I think he probably diversifies his portfolio. I'm a Warren Buffett fan, but don't really know how much much about his investing habits. I just know much about his wisdom that he shares. But same thing with balanced prospecting. Like you don't put all your eggs into Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat, Instagram. You diversify things. At first, you know, you get traction, you focus on one social media platform, but you know, I'm realizing now that each platform has its own native language and each platform can have its own benefits. So same thing with balanced prospecting. Like you don't I'm not just using marketing funnels to get clients. I'm having to DM people, I'm having to cold call people, I'm having to email them, I'm having to text them, I'm having to create flyers and, and use Facebook ads to get in touch with them. Like it's all out effort. It's a balanced approach. And that's something I didn't realize initially with the marketing, you know, you can market and get inbound leads at ease, but you gotta have a really big budget to do that kind of thing. Or you have to be super good. But at the end of the day, it just helps to have a balanced approach to where you're hitting people at a lot of different angles and having a higher frequency when you're trying to get business, when you're trying to get people's attention. Ninth thing I learned is personal branding is sales. So long story short, when I was pitching my first prospects and now they turned to the clients, I was going on and on about the basketball, about the college basketball perks that I can help out with and all this stuff and come to find out. The parents really didn't care about the basketball side as much. They wanted a positive role model. And the fact that I called my grandma, my mom, the ladies who reared me, raised me, whatever you want to call it, they, I called them my two queens. And one parent said, you know what, after you said that, that made me want to sign up with you because I want my kid to respect, have that same respect for his, his parents, his mom, his grandma. And they saw my post on Facebook and it made them drive 45 minutes out just to see me, just for the kid to to do some basketball one time every week. And I don't know, that just said a lot about how important personal branding is. And one of the limiting beliefs I had was being all on social media. I wanted to lead a quiet life. I wanted to be to myself, but you know, I don't serve anybody else playing small. So to quickly fix that. And now you can't get me off social media trying to hit everybody on every platform and I'm trying to honestly get the most attention and market like Jesus. I mean, religious or not, 
Jesus, the man, has the most followers out of anybody. <laughs> like one in three people are following this guy and still buying the man's books. So trying to take after him and have that same kind of effect with the personal brand. Tenth thing, last thing that I've learned, not really the last thing, but last thing I have time for before it's time to go get something to eat. The last thing that I'm learning, probably one of the most important is the person who can give the most value without asking anything in return usually is the winner. So I'm getting to talk to the Quran God ones, the guy who told me about the balanced prospect approach, told me relationships is a lot more important than the marketing tactics. The marketing tactics are only just a, uh, a benefit. They're an additive uh, supplement to the relationships. You know, I'm getting to meet people like that, Jordan Lawley, big name trainers, big name people in the basketball entrepreneurial space. And the only reason I'm getting to meet them is because I'm I'm learning how to serve them. I'm learning how to give value to them first. And I'm trying my best not to ask them for any favors because I know one shout out from those guys can lead to who knows how many followers, but I'm playing the long game with this and it's tough, but I believe it's going to play off down the road. And my belief, the greatest, the greatest people are the ones who are the servants. So just trying to learn how to serve wholeheartedly and serve from the heart without trying to get something in return. And I think that's what has been reaping the most benefits for me so far. And it takes a lot more free work than I thought to do, but I'm sure this free work is going to in turn do a lot more than just put some money in my pocket. So those are the 10 things. Hopefully the one person or the 20 people or whoever's listening to this got some value from it. I already know I have more downloads than that, but it's not about the downloads. If one person listens to this and gets benefit from it, I appreciate it. So thank you for your attention, for your time. I know your time is precious. And if I can ever do anything for you, I am at Mysa Jones on IG and I will respond to whatever, whatever you feel like sharing with me. So thank you all again and be blessed. Thanks for tuning in to Basketball to Business Podcast. If you like what you heard, go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Snapchat at my son Jones. And if you are not like me and don't need to burn all bridges, quit your day job and only bank on a plan A, and you want to make some money on the side by doing basketball training, check out www.hoopsinstitute.com and sign up for a free 30-day trial. And until next time, and remember, you are not alone in your journey to reach your dreams. Thank you.